Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, the A-game, Bailey, elder of Grassroots Church, joined by Darren Cherry, lead elder of Grassroots Church, also known as the boss. Or the boss. Overlord, apparently, as well. Overlord. Remembering that. Numero uno. He is number one. Oh, and what he uh, says is law. Period. Don't don't argue. Do you I'm know kidding. I'm kidding. If if that's the case, you're just gonna have to persevere through it. Uh, refer to our previous podcast to <laughs> pick up on this one. We're recording back to back, by the way. Yeah, it's a good day. It is a really good day. And I'm gonna apologize beforehand. I got a little bit fired up in between. He got mad at me, y'all. Podcast. He cursed. I didn't curse. I'm just kidding. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't even get mad at me. I got another cup of coffee. Cried out in despair about the current political climate. You know what we and want? You said parties? you said should we should we breathe before podcast? I was like, you know what? No, let's make this raw. But do you know what we, you and down. I? You know what we want between parties? Between, par- between are we talking parties? Political parties. Yeah. You know what we want <laughs> in between the parties. I was like, we more go to, parties. The parties we go to. In, we just want consistency and honesty from both sides. We just want people to quit. You already said it. We want people to quit being sheep either way. And I'm not talking about be woke, get woke. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, and especially for Christians, y'all look at the Bible through a biblical worldview. Like, look at it through the lens of Scripture. Don't take culture and look at Scripture through the lens of culture. Take the Scripture and look at culture through the lens of Scripture. Like, that's what we want. That's what we want. That's why we're fired up. That's why we're. That's why I got fired up. Yep. And for the record, before we continue, point out I'm proudly unaffiliated with any party or ideology. Refer to a previous podcast. I guess I lean more in one direction than the other, but still, it's like I don't. I don't want to be that lean guy. Lean biblical. Lean biblical. That's the direction I lean. I lean yep. on the cross. Mm. I lean on the cross, man. Mm. I lay prostrate before the cross, so I must be holier. And more righteous than you. I carry my own cross. Well, Scripture tells us to. Yes. Take up your cross daily. Uh-huh. It's probably going to get really sacrilegious if, we're, if we don't stop And I was here. like, am I, oh, I think I ran out of reverence. Hey, we, hey for our, in our defense, we believe those things. It's Scripture, and it's true. And I'll, yes. I'll take it to the bank. Uh, Darren, how are you feeling these days? I, it's... I've told people over and over, and, and if y'all listen to this, we appreciate y'all being a part of this. And, You're the and best. You're smarter than everybody. We love Critically feedback. And listeners. We appreciate y'all listening. It's usually the first five to ten minutes of any podcast is our our banter, our ranting, or something like that. So we appreciate y'all. You know, Even if you fast-forward past it to get to an actual topic, we appreciate y'all. But Shame I have told people during this year of 2020, and, and I'm going to share a couple of funny things. One. We have never had problems at our house with wildlife, okay? I, we live, you know, outside of town, you know, in kind of more country area, a lot of woods around us. This year, we consistently have a bear getting into our trash. Like, we've, I've lived in this house for 10 years, never had it. We've had animals, like we've had ducks and chickens for, for years now. And this year, we had a skunk in back-to-back nights, break into our chicken run and kill chickens, a skunk. Like, it's never, and, and I asked Kelly, I was like, what is going on? She was like, it's 2020. I'm like, it's the end oh, time, brother. that's right. So in the midst of all this, COVID, you know, pandemic, shutdowns, quarantines, 
murder hornets, you know, hurricanes, uh, wildfires, wildfire in the midst of all of this stuff. That's just, and I'm just saying here in the United States, I'm not talking about worldwide. I'm talking about here in the United States in the midst of all of this, trying to what they call pause and pivot with the church. How are we going to respond? What are we going to, that has not worn me out because we've got a lot of really good leaders, um, here at the church, a lot of really good people that have helped us through this, you know, shout out to JMC that, you know, you and I meet with him, walked us through a lot. I mean, the Lord used him to help us. Um, that hasn't worn me out. Trying to keep up with people hasn't worn me out. You know, all this stuff, it has not worn me out. But what has worn me out, and like, I, I think I'm supposed to give a, a warning, like a rant warning. Oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm back here catching my breath. Okay. I'm calming the, down. I'm, the rant warning I'm drinking is, my coffee and breathing. Breathe. What, has, what has worn me out is the Christian community's response to everything. And, and, and I'm, talking about, I'm talking about nationwide. I'm, please don't think I'm talking about grassroots. Okay, so from us to state to national, everything. It's like, that's why I'm saying, y'all, let's look at the world and interpret what's going on in the world through a biblical lens. And, and I think it'll help us to stop feeling so combative. Um, it'll, it'll help us to approach people that think differently um, in a greater way. And, and so I, I hope this, this rant isn't me going, wow, church, you suck. It's literally just, hey, church, let's, let's do better together. I'm going to summarize what you said by quote. Um, from the philosopher, philosophers, pardon me, a black eyed piece. Ah, <clears throat> wise beyond their years. People killing, people dying, children hurt, hear them crying. Can you practice what you preach? Can you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us and some guidance from above. Because people got me, got me questioning. Where's the love? Oh, I thought you were going to come in there towards the end. I don't know that. So I don't listen to music. People killing people. I'll get demonet- <laughs> we'll get de- demonetized if we sing music, sing songs. I agree with you. Uh, my despair, I think it's on two levels. One, it's the same as you. Just I, I feel like I'm always having the same conversation over and over and over again about the church and politics, church and politics, church and politics. And it's an election season. I get that. But people talk about COVID and they're like, when is it going to end? Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? It's like it probably. It's not, we're not going to go back to the way we were before COVID. Uh, so stop trying to like. I we'll be better if we can move on. Life is not going to go back to December 2019. It's just not. Every, this changes a lot. We don't know what the world will look will look like. What America will look like post COVID, but it will be a lot different. And we need to accept that. I mean, just calm down. Stop fighting for what used to be, and let's just start building things back up and accept it. Um, we have yeah. very little control over it. Agreed. In a lot of ways. So, yeah, that's kind of my despair. It's like everyone's like looking for it, like light at the end of the tunnel in COVID. It's like, no, just accept the reality of the situation. It's time as a church to quit doing the holding pattern like the plane is waiting to land. Like we're just in a holding pattern waiting for COVID to end so we can get back. to. It's time for the church to quit doing that. And it's yeah. time for us to get back to the work of the kingdom. And on a personal level, my despair and like kind of frustration uh, for the past few months, it's not so much because of COVID. I think COVID and the political situation, everything combined has exacerbated this, but 
the pre-existing condition for me is that I always want certain type of results. It's like I, I do something, I engage in something, I want it to work, and wait, 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 that didn't work out the way I wanted to. Oh, it makes me mad. It makes me upset. And it's like, ah, I failed. And it's like, yeah, just to be able to like do your best to something and then let it happen. That's, that's the right thing to do. So a lot of my despair is personal, which is actually unbiblical. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Mm. Well, and trying to, uh, yeah. Before you do, like, I think I have the topic for our next podcast. I think I have the topic. And you always come up with the topics, and you do a great job, and I appreciate that, you know, all the work you put into this and that I get to just show up and party with you. So oh, whatever. You are the overlord, Darren. <laughs> you are the boss. But I, I think I have the the next podcast, and I think we could we could get some feedback from this, and I'd love to hear from some people. But I would love to talk about authority, and and let me just give a little little I don't know, man, a little warm up to that one. Okay, Sean Hannity, who is a very smart man. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Run yeah, away, run like, away. He's a very smart man. I I I used to like him a lot more years ago because I thought he was more. He wanted to educate people, like he wanted to help people understand things. I think now he's just a little more like, you know, six shooter, you know, let's just shoot a bunch of bullets in the air and see if we hit anything type of thing. But but <laughs> he wrote, he's he's written a book uh, called Live Free or Die. And and if you're reading, if you're listening to this and you're reading that book, go for it. Like I'm not telling you not to, but the whole premise of the book, and this is from his his mouth, so I'm not I'm not summarizing the book. He summarized the book that the this election is so important that basically if Trump and the Republicans don't win, we can kiss America as we know it goodbye. And, and my whole thing is if you are um, living with anxiety, if you are worried about the election – if it really is determining how you feel, then I, I'm, I'm encouraging. I'm not calling you out, just calling you up, like encouraging you. Um, scripture is very clear that nobody has ever been placed in authority, that God has not placed them there. And so I'm just going to put it, and we'll have to have a whole podcast on this, I think. If, if Trump wins the election, it's because God deemed it. And if Biden wins the election, it's because God deemed it. And, and I can show you in Scripture why I believe that. And so just encouraging people, like, this is not me saying, quit worrying about it. Your anxiety is sin. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm literally trying to encourage people. Listen, as children of God, our hope is in him. We don't have to have that anxiety about that. Uh, we can live through these rough days um, in, in the peace that goes beyond our understanding and, and with hope. So um, we can, are you ready for this? We, we can. can. Yes, we can. Persevere. Ooh, before we get into that, I have another idea. I mean, I think what you're talking about for a podcast topic works well. Let me, let me put, oh, let me so put this because out Because you didn't come up with the idea. How about this? We don't get to do it. Okay. How about, how about we talk about, well, I'm here, authority, right? And how those that we are subservient to are predetermined by a sovereign, loving, righteous God. That, okay, it does not matter necessarily the outcome of our own desires, but we can take faith in knowing that God is in control and 
Okay. Works everything out to his glory and our good. All right, I was just, just I was making it out fun there. of you. I was making fun of you, but now that I hear it, uh, I like your idea better. <laughs> I like your idea. No, better. No, it's pretty good, and it's funny though. Um, you mentioned perseverance. A lot of people will use perseverance secularly. Secularly, Blech. that one brought to you by way too much coffee. Uh, they'll bring it up in a secular way to like keep on going. You remember that country song? <laughs> Sorry, you put your glasses on to pull the book out. It has now separated us. It's like you almost like snubbed me. It's like, excuse me, I need to get back to my philosophy. So, but you know, you bore keep me. on keeping on. Remember that country song a few years ago? If you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't give up. I, the devil might not even know you're there. It's like keep going on, persevere. Remember what I said earlier? I don't you don't to listen to music. Gosh, sorry, I don't. Know that song. I'm sorry. So that that's the way a lot of people interpret persevere. But those in the church community will take. They know persevere, perseverance of the saints because of Calvinism, and it, that's one reason why I do think the Reformed theology is the most accurate and most plain way to approach Scripture, is that whenever you're talking about, for example, election and the outcome of the election, predetermined by a sovereign God, the outcome is, he knows the outcome already, he's allowing things to actually happen that way. Uh, all, all those things tie together, so for, for perseverance, as we're about to discuss, it is that we can live in the hope of grace that God has given us, knowing that it's not our abilities or our righteousness, whatever, to determine an outcome, but that we can persevere in God's grace, knowing that he's got the outcome under control. So, I mean, I just shout out to, uh, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't like, I'm, I'm obviously we're both into reform theology, but I don't like to hold too closely to it because I have a lot of issues with the reform community, to be honest with you, their attitudes yes, and, and to, but to add real quick, I'm with you on that because I want to make sure people know that we're on the same page. Our identity is in Christ. Our identity is not in Calvin. Right. I mean, I'm Calvin is sure, but is, I'm not going to take that to the grave. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to die on that hill. I like just think my it's hope a, is in Jesus. My hope is not in reformed theology. It's the most plain way to approach scripture. That, that's all I'm saying. And according, like I got from it. our stance. Yes. And if, if I may, I hot take, I think the reformed community is kind of a bunch of intellectual snobs, and I digress there. But. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently that actually showed where um, the church for, for a long period of time had gotten to where it was more about, hey, what do you feel and not what do you know? And there was this big paradigm shift where they wanted the church, the church needs to know the Scripture more, and they need to have more knowledge because a lot of times the way we feel is going to be, I think more times than not, it's going to be affected by what we know. And so if, if I feel, um, if, if I'm hurting or if I feel, if I'm feeling that, but I know that I am in the grace of God as a child of God, like that's going to affect you know, what I feel. And, and, but because of that shift, now there's this, this point with the church where we have a whole lot of really smart people in the church that know the word of God, but have lost the intimacy of that communion with God and the desire for other people to know him. It's just like, I know him. I know about him. I know my doctrine. I know where I stand, but they've lost the intimacy. It's it's about, yes, the intellectual side of being a Christian, and as we talked about on Sunday evening, uh, it's also about the worship 
aspect yep. of it as well. But hey, if you're listening, again, take take a look, sit back, relax, put some headphones on. Hey, maybe you're driving. If you're driving, let's you look at your rearview mirror, see who's behind you, look out the side mirror. Okay. Right. Stay between the lines. Stay between the lines. Now turn us up a little bit. Set the cruise control. Take a deep breath. We're going to give you some hope today in this messed up bleh, world right now. You can persevere. You can get through it. Live the best. You- now, okay. Oh, Darren, you got something you want to read over there? Well, I've got Professor. some big words, and I'm asking everybody to hang in with us because I even like uh, that almost sounded really like. I Take a even, sip of your coffee. Your even iced coffee. I had to check out these. I didn't mean it like that. Like, like I can't teach these words because I had to go research them. But having researched them, um, we are talking about perseverance. And do you want me to share the two ways we look at that, or do you want to share the two? I go ways? for it. Okay, so two ways we look at perseverance is one, um, and and the definition I'm about to read will show us these, is that, well, let me just read the definition. That's good. Okay. Um, Perseverance of the saints. All right, and if you're familiar with five points of Calvinism, that is the P in TULIP, perseverance of the saints, but that's not why we're teaching this. We are teaching this because of the two reasons we look at perseverance, which are contained in this um, definition. So here it is. Perseverance of the saints, a doctrine not only emphasizing the necessity for Christians to endure in the faith, but also highlighting God's preservation of his adopted children. So the two things are, one, as adopted children of God, that, that verse, he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So we know that he is not going to abandon us. He is not going to finally look at us and go, okay, you've done enough. I'm done with you. Like he is going to carry us through this life into the next and through the next, you know, like he's with us, we're with him. But also on a personal responsibility side of it, like we're going to get through this together as children of God, you know, we're going to persevere. 2020 has sucked, but we're getting through it. Not, and please, please don't be mad at me for saying this, anybody, but I just want you to hear this. I'm angry, preemptively upset. We're not getting through it as Americans the same way people aren't getting through it as Germans, as, you know, those from China. Like, we're getting through this as children of God, we're going to persevere. And so that's the two ways we take it. It's like, we're going to fight through this, and God's going to carry us through it. Usually, when addressing the topic of perseverance of the saint, again, the word the perseverance is biblical. I was reading it this morning, Jude, right, right before Revelation, the book of Jude in Scripture. I heard a wise preacher one time called Jude an apostate exam. Correct. It was revolutionary and... Oh, so good. <laughs> Book forthcoming. I, I did my best. Hey, check out the sermon podcast from 2018? I don't think that was 17. It's not on there anymore? I think they filter out after a while. Oh, uh, well, hey. Which there's a few of them that, not on your own, but on my end, that I'm really happy. I, I'll just try it again. Anymore. But right at the end, uh, there's a whole part. In the in the ESV, it actually title this as like Persevere. It, it, it tells, Jude tells his uh, readers to persevere in the midst of false teachers coming up. He wants everyone to contend for the faith, the original faith, the the truth that was given to them by the apostles. It's like stay within that, fight within that, be aware of apostates or false teachers, but keep persevering, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, so some 
in the church would kind of take perseverance and be like, well, it also means once saved, only saved. Yes. And to continue to have faith and fight the good fight. It actually says that it doesn't mean like stay steadfast in your faith. So they're all interlaced. So when we say perseverance, that is the biblical yes. word used for it. But people try to sh- shy away from that because it's Calvinist. Like, no, uh, once saved, always saved. Yes, and. Yeah, and, and that's, that's actually a, a big debate around this doctrine when it was first kind of talked about, you know, during the Reformation was, um, you know, once saved, always saved. Well, that took, in some people's minds, the personal responsibility, which if you are familiar with the Catholic Church, the Reformation, everything, it's always been... Jesus plus it's it's Jesus plus the sacraments and you know uh, forgiveness but confession to the priest you know things like that and they they thought this was taking away the personal responsibility of the believers and that's the big word is antinomianism right antinomianism I don't know <laughs> antinomialism and anti should I spell it out. No. Okay. Just give us the definition. (laughs) What this believes is that um, it's the idea that the law is no longer needed. Like, hmm, it's taken away. I'm just going to read this. Okay. This is the belief that Christians are free from any obligation to the law because they have been set free by faith in the gospel. Okay. Now, we agree with that. Like, we are not under the law anymore. But even Paul said the law is still useful. The law's point was and if to you're listening, show when us. When you say law, you mean the rules, rules yeah, of the scripture. Old Testament law. We need it to show us our need for a savior. The law was put in place to show the children of Israel their need for sacrifice, and and that's why part of the law is the sacrificial and system. Add to that for now, uh, American gospel, which um, is a documentary for, on Netflix. Do- documentary on Netflix. They were talking about the misuse of the law. Because the law is supposed to reveal those rules, are supposed to reveal God's people's imperfections and wrongdoings. It's like, and on American Gospel, they compared it to looking at your reflection in a mirror and seeing something in your teeth. The point of the mirror is to reflect, you know, your yourself to reflect your reflection. It is not the means to which you remove those imperfections. Basically, you you look in the mirror, see something in your teeth. The mirror showed you the imperfection. You can't then take off the mirror and try to pick your teeth with it. And people try to do that with the law, those rules, where they'll say, or, you know, where like the purpose of the law was to reveal unrighteousness, sin, and imperfections. It's not a means to which you achieve righteousness. Yes. It and, just shows you where you're wrong. And and by by nature... We want to achieve it on our own. And that's why, you know, part of Scripture that uh, God was telling um, the children of Israel uh, about the Scripture, like know the Scripture, he said, bind them on your hearts and on your heads. Write them on the doorpost of your houses. Tell them your children as you're walking. Like he gives them all these things. And what you would see, the Pharisees would actually walk around with these little things clipped to their clothes that had the Scripture rolled up and written inside of it. You go up to somebody's house now who's Jewish, and there's these, I've seen it, um, these little things that hang on the doorpost of their house that it inside has the scripture written up, uh, written and rolled up inside of it. And, and so it's like 
instead of seeing the law for what it is that it reflects back to us our need for Jesus, we want to take it as a checklist and start going down. And go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm going to say uh, I had a conversation with a colleague who told me this. This is about a year ago. They said, well, righteousness is something you achieve. Oh, goodness gracious. Good I know, luck and it's with like, that. Oh, and, and again, going back to American gospel, I say if you look at Scripture that way, as that legalistic, I'm acquiring my salvation, um, I'm, I'm saved because of all the good works that I do, and you preach that and you teach that, one of two things will occur. One, someone will succeed in that, and they will actually think that they are righteous because of the things that they've done, which is wrong and is not, it's not the gospel at all. It's heresy and awful. So they'll get puffed up and arrogant because they have achieved, personally achieved righteousness. They're morally superior to everybody, and they will let you know it too. They're quick to call it. You, you, I'm sure you know. Uh, everybody who's listening, you might know some folks like that. Uh, legalism. Or the flip side, somebody tries to live by those standards, and they work hard, and they fail, and they try again, and they fail, and they're, I'm done. Forget yeah. that. Yeah. I can't achieve it. It's not worth it. Uh, don't get to have fun. I'm messed up all the time. So whenever you teach works leads to righteousness, you are you know condemning a soul basically on either whether they succeed or fail. It's, you, you lost them. But then the other side of that coin is, hey, you're under grace, man. Go live life to the <sighs> fullest. Go. You're under grace, and it's like, uh, yes, you're under grace, but because of the law, we then see what our lives should be about. Now, please, if you're listening to this, it doesn't mean dietary standards. It doesn't mean, you know, if you've been sick, you can't come and be a part of the church body for so long until you've been purified. We're not talking about those <laughs> parts. <can> Ladies. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go there, but that's one of the things I was thinking about. But but it is this idea that um, because <laughs> of... It's all right. I mean, we really need to get women on the podcast. We're gonna, which our wives finally agreed to it. Yeah. So y'all be we, ready. We're sorry it's gonna be awesome for the overwhelming male perspective. I no one's brought this up. This is a me Adam conviction. We need we need to get more lady we're, and we're going. I'm to. sorry. I can't wait. I understand that. But continue. But this whole thing is that because of it's why we we actually talked about it in the lot last podcast. Um, that God took or Jesus took the Ten Commandments and started going through them in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, you've never murdered, but have you thought, you know, have you hated somebody in your heart? Then you have murdered that. He he said there's no checklist you're gonna be able to go down and be like, yep, 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 yep. Because it it's in the heart. And so the law does that, and we recognize we're under grace. And and that's why in this definition again, it says, rather than providing an excuse for antinomianism, which I think I've said that better that time. That was good. Um, thank you. This, and this is your whole, I think this is the whole point of why you wanted to bring this up in this podcast. This doctrine of perseverance of the saints was intended to bring comfort to struggling believers and to encourage obedience through, okay, get this, obedience through reliance on God's grace. So let's let's look at this at a little bit of a different perspective. Ephesians 2.8, everybody, most people can recognize Ephesians 2.8 if they grew up in church. It's an awesome, powerful part of Scripture saying you're saved by faith, through grace, not by works alone, let any man boast. 
Less than Amanda Shabazz. Less than Amanda Shabazz. I mean, I'm not. I'm, this is off. The, I off went the top KJV of my head. on you. Hey, I went KJV hey, on off you. the top of my head. Yeah, I. I went hey, KJV. Back up. Back up. Uh, so anyway, Grace, uh, you're saved by God's grace through your faith, and you, you see that mentioned time even in the Old Testament. Abraham's faith was counted as righteousness. Yeah, go read Hebrews 11. Faith, Old Testament, faith, 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 faith. Yep. The whole point, faith, everything. Someone's faith is counted as righteousness. Not their works, but their faith in what? The saving grace of a gracious God. Not by works alone, let any man should but. So anyway, there, you cannot be saved by doing things. Therefore, if you cannot be saved by doing things or saved by God's grace, it's a gift. You, therefore, cannot unearn salvation. You can, there's no possible way to unmerit your uh, salvation status. And that is consistent throughout all of Scripture. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus mentions, uh, he said, um, you know, the, my people, my sheep, they were given to me. Who can separate them? Who can take them? Who can pluck them from my hand? Nobody. Absolutely. So once you are saved, once you've received grace, you're living in God's grace, and you have faith in that, and the and the uh, the gospel, which is Jesus. If you have faith in that, there's no separating you from that. One more thing to add to it: if you if you try to achieve salvation through works, think back to you know Jesus, who said, you know, in, in the end, some will uh, say, you know, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these things? We did all these things, and he said, depart from me, you worker of evil. I never knew you. So, yeah, you can do righteous things. Go ahead. That's not the point. Well, and not just righteous things. Look at the things they mentioned. This wasn't like, hey, I fed the hungry in your name. Oh, no, they were prophesying. They were casting out demons. I mean, these are miraculous things. works. Yeah. And their works, even though they were righteous, sure, they themselves were not. And I I think that's the point. That's really what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and that's why I want to read this again because I do think... It says it so well. Rather than provide an excuse for the antinomianism, okay, this doctrine was intended to bring comfort to struggling believers. So this idea that, like, our last podcast we just recorded a few minutes ago, we talked about our words. And there's so many times that I say things that I look back and I go, I've been following Christ for how many years now? And I'm still struggling to not say stupid things like that. Or that I have to go and apologize. Like, like, I feel like this should be changed in me by now. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea of perseverance of the saints, the promise of God himself that he who began a good work in you will complete it. Okay, so it's this promise that, yes, he is still working on me. Now, this is the beauty of it, okay? So comfort strong believers and to encourage obedience through reliance on God's grace. And the point of that is... Everybody, sweeping statements, don't want to say it. I've heard so many people. <laughs> walk it back, walk it back. Yeah, that want to go out and engage in a sinful life. And I'm going to leave it at that because you can, you can kind of fill in the blank wherever you want. They want to engage in a sinful life and go, well, God's still working on me. And it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's still working on all of us, but there has to be a level of obedience that... We, we don't, our obedience is not in order to maintain God's grace, but it's through his grace that we obey and because of his grace that we obey. Mark, on, uh, you know, a couple Sundays ago, Elder Candidate Mark, 
and he talked about that quite a bit in Corinthians. Do you realize how much he packed into 20 minutes? I know. It's like I was thinking about now. It's like it was there's so much so much deep theology there. But rec- being reconciled to a righteous God, if we are unrighteous, how do we then become reconciled on good terms with a righteous God? It's like, well, we can't achieve it. Well, how do we do that? Well, insert Jesus Christ, who was righteous, who never sinned, paying that price that we ourselves could not pay, basically completing the law that we ourselves could not complete. And by having faith in that, the knowing that God's wrath was poured out to his son that he loved, like the sin has been paid for. And by believing in that, I think if someone truly believes that and they accept that, it's like, you know, God, I'm, I'm saved by your grace through Jesus Christ. And so thank you for that. I didn't achieve it. That changes somebody. So that initial moment of belief and faith in that, your heart changes. And scripture also it mentions that, uh, Mark, you know, you put, put off that old flesh you, like put on this new creation, your change, your heart, your character, your thoughts, the way you view reality. True faith changes that. And I'm only mentioning that because you think about sinful deeds. You can't say, I'm a Christian, and I can pretty much do whatever I want because Jesus paid for all. It's like, no. If you are changed, like you don't want to do those things all of a sudden. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to go out and you well, know, party every said. night all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're talking about that slow, gradual change. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't want that. Man, a couple of weeks ago, I was making really bad jokes, and I believe in... You know, as part of scripture says, I really need to stop that, and I'm going to stop that. Not that stopping that saves me, but because I have, I'm living in grace, yeah. I don't want to. And that's what Paul said. He was like, do we continue in sin so that grace can abound all the more? And he's like, by no means. Almost like, what are you asking? Like, there is, there is a change that comes out of a grateful heart. Now, if you're listening to this, you know, just you know that we're into cigars and and. We enjoy smoking cigars, but there's a rule within cigars. Like if if I buy Adam a cigar, okay, that the, the cigar etiquette is that he has to smoke that cigar with me. Like not that we share the cigar, but I'm going to smoke one. He's going to smoke. He, if I give him a cigar, the etiquette is he has to smoke it with me. And the etiquette is now he owes me a cigar. Okay, so that's the etiquette. And you, I don't. If he brings me a cigar, I don't give him a cigar in return out of gratefulness. I give it out of, that's the rules, okay? There's a difference between that and what we're talking about. It's not because of the rules that I do the things, but it's out of a gratefulness for God's grace, for salvation that I respond in my life. And this is one of the things that we're going to call it, um, I'm going to use the word oxymoron. It feels like an oxymoron within the Christian faith. But um, do you remember a couple weeks ago, uh, talking in the life of Joseph, okay, on uh, we're going through Genesis on Sunday mornings, and talking through the life of Joseph, um, we got to when he was sold into slavery in Egypt to Potiphar's house, then put in prison, okay? And over and over in that chapter, and I think chapter 39 or, or somewhere, 40, something like that, um, in that chapter, we, we learned about how God was with Joseph and blessed Joseph's work, and we also learned that Joseph worked hard, and God blessed his hard work. And we asked the question, we're like, well, which one is it? Was his work blessed because God was with him, or did God bless his hard work? And we said, yes. yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. God was with him and was blessing what he was doing, but Joseph was working hard to honor God, and God honored him. 
Okay, like God blessed him because of it. So when it comes to this perseverance is that because of God's grace, we work hard and we go after, strive after holiness and righteousness, not so we can be saved, but because we are saved. It's like getting the means to something and the product of something in its right place. So all that, Darren, could you summarize that of which we just talked about so we can start closing up by how do we apply all that? In this so, modern COVID over politicized hate filled country we're living in. So you're asking me to summarize what how much time just, do we have? Oh, we got we got time. Oh, we how many, how long have we been going? Thirty six minutes. Really? Yep. Oh, in that case, we've said hey, a lot in thirty six hey, minutes. If you're still driving in your car, take, take another a sip deep of breath. The coffee. It's okay. Sip on some coffee. Is it nitro nitro cold brew? Because if it is, you belong in grassroots church. That nitro coffee at the bean it is, is awesome. Legit. It is awesome. I love um, it. So hey, creamy. You know, maybe maybe you're just sitting down on the on the porch with this podcast on, listening to the birds. Oh, maybe hey, you're mowing you're, your grass. Maybe you're mowing your grass. Maybe you're inside and it's raining outside. Just enjoy the world around. It's it's not all bad. I mean, sure, it's condemned, but it's not all bad. You <laughs> now I, to summarize everything we're talking about. Okay, goes back to first and foremost, we will persevere as God's children because he has promised to persevere us. Okay, again, I go back to he who began a good work in you will complete it. Okay, he will not give up on us. Now, I think a lot of people have said that we can walk away from it. Okay, but we have to remember, okay, he who began a good work in you. Okay, so that's on God. He's going to complete his work in us. We can't walk away from it. The people that we look at, we go, well, they used to be Christian. It's one of two things, and this is a, probably another topic, um, another podcast for another time, but it's one of two things. Either they were never a believer, and I, I refer to the uh, parable of the sower that said, you know, some of the seed fell on rocky soil, and it took root, um, and it looked like it produced, but then hard times came, and it died away. It wasn't real, okay? Or... God's going to call that person back. Backsliding. Yeah, and that's a say. big topic. I know, I even know. I, a, one of our favorite podcasts, Doctrine Devotion, they did a big uh, podcast on can somebody backslide? Can there be what they call carnal Christians? Um, that type of thing. And so that work is the perseverance is going to happen because God is doing the work. He will carry us through. Faith, but on the, not yes. your work. Faith, faith. It's, it's, faith is the answer. It's like faith, and grace. Out of response for that gift of the grace and faith, the, the gift that those are, okay? That mercy, that grace, that faith, that, that promise. Out of response, we persevere, okay? We continue to remain faithful. We continue to strive for holiness, for righteousness. We continue to gather together. We continue to worship. We continue to share the gospel. We persevere out of response to that. Does that sum it up? That's pretty good. That I was okay? just thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, we persevere through that. I, I, again, I like talking about this because it's not just like once saved, always saved. It's like, yes, and keep fighting yeah, the good encouraged. fight. Be encouraged. So if you look around at the state of the world, first off, it's bad, and it's, you know, it's always been bad. Uh, you know, yeah. We've been living on, I would, I would say, my opinion, I think, according to Scripture, is that we've been living in the last age for a long time. It's always been bad. There have always been plagues. There's always been persecution. 
Uh, bad times have happened, going to happen. Right. Like you could Earth say, likes. you could say we are, we've been living in the tribulation since, you know, the ascension of Christ. I mean, which is another podcast. <laughs> this is the tribulation because that's a lot of bad happening. But hey, I think it's important just to know this. It's like the outcome of things is not dependent upon you. It's, it's just not. And I, that's a weight off of someone's shoulders when it's like God is going to complete a good work both inside you and he's going to use you. We want certain outcomes. It's like you want to be able to like leave a, a good impression on someone's life and you want to see it. But until we like rest assured that like God have faith in that truth, like God will complete the good work. We might not know what it, we might not know what that looks like for a long time. You can minister to someone, you know, when you're like 15 and never hear from them again. And when you're like 85, come across them being like, "Hey, by the way, you said this word to me, and I dedicated my life to Christ because of it." It's like you don't know. You, like, like you just do what you don't know. Can, can so I share look something? At the, yeah, go ahead. That that has encouraged me because you you wanted this whole podcast to be an encouragement to the yeah, church. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, chill. Here, here's the encouragement. It's encouragement, but it's also um, it, it's it's hard. Okay, but it's an encouragement. What helped me in in persevering, even in the midst of political uh, unrest, uh, racial strife, um, natural disaster, all those things. What has what has helped me is that the perseverance that God carries us through is ultimately, it's, it's for our good, okay, but it's for his glory. So with that in mind, knowing, and, and I said this, I said this a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning, and I'll say it again right now. If God's will is for America to go to hell in a handbasket where it becomes illegal for the church to gather as we have and it becomes illegal to worship like we are right now, so be it. Even so, come Lord Jesus, like we want to see his return even more then. But ultimately, that is for our good. As crazy as that, we would never agree with that statement. But according to his word, it's for our good and for his glory. So once I remove myself from the center of the story and remember that God is at the center of this narrative called the universe, then what comes, I'm able to persevere through more because ultimately I go, God, you're working something for good in me. And I think what we can ultimately stand on that is what Paul said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Okay? Where if it's like, what good is it if they just kill you? And I'm like, you know what good it is? I'm done with the weight of this world. That's what good it is, all right? But until then, he is working his redemptive work in me and using me to build his kingdom and bring glory to his name. Let that be an encouragement. I think two things. Internally, and this is kind of like my conclusion or closing statements. In conclusion, I think we can look at it two ways internal, like if you have a changed heart, it does not mean you're perfect. You're going to mess up. I mess up all the time. I sin. It's not about, oh, I messed up, so I'm done. I'm out of out of God's good grace forever. No, like have faith. God can forgive you. You can repent of that, and he'll forgive you. Like, I mean, and that's awesome. Go, you go right back into fellowship, you know, with God through Christ. It's like if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. You can always confess, repent, and be back in fellowship. So internally speaking, the hope in perseverance is that even though you mess up, 
you still have hope in Christ and his word. Preach. It doesn't depend on you. It's You can always come back. So there's that. Well, can I... You can't lose your salvation. Can I Can I add just at the end of that before yeah. Yeah, yeah. you do your final statement? Just don't, just don't make it better than what I said. It won't be. Uh. Please know, um, as Christians, a lot of times when we have begun to struggle, when we find ourselves um, succumbing to temptation instead of you know, in the spirit, relying on his grace and, 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 uh, victory over those things. We tend to pull away from the church. Please know that grassroots is a safe place that if you're struggling with something, please come and tell us we like, we're here to walk this road. I know whatever happened to the art of like confessing our sins to our brothers and sisters like that. Hey, hashtag small group on that hey, one. That's alive and well in grassroots, man. So internally group speaking, life, baby. the hope and the perseverance is that you mess up, but God is good. He can, he, you can seek forgiveness and keep carrying on. So that's the internal aspect of the hope hey, of perseverance. Carry on my wayward son. You don't listen to music. Oh, man, we need to talk about the off. No, uh, <laughs> um, sorry. Inside joke right there. Uh, internally. And then the external thing, just know. Whatever, if, if your entire faith well-being is based upon the outcome of COVID, if you think that all hope is lost, if Trump is reelected, if you think that all hope is going to be lost because Biden's re, or Biden is elected or however the political situation plays out or the state of the world, let's say America loses its status in the world, maybe one day, and it'll happen eventually. What happens one day when America is no longer the world's superpower? Is it the end? It's like, no, because... As Christians, we have that faith and that grace and knowing that God's working all things out. And if we just have faith in him and the outcome of that, you know, let the chips fall where they may because you know in the end, God is in control and have faith in that. That is really encouraging. So no matter the state of the world and how painful it is, God's still working things out. And that is awesome. It takes a lot of weight off someone's shoulders. Man, that Preach, was a rant. Brother. I've been really preachy. Hey, hey, if you made it this far, you pretty much listened to Feedback. the sermons. Feedback. Yeah, let us know. Send us uh, some messages or, you know, just write right on our sidewalk with chalk. Stop being so ranty. But we do love some feedback. Hey, if you made it this far, hey, you, I'm talking to you. That's right. You, I see you smiling. You're awesome. Love you. Thank you for giving us your time. Be sure to check out all the other content we have on our website, YouTube page, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Stay connected, stay involved, and, uh, Look forward to hanging out with you all again soon. See ya.